Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. We were just at Music City Tech. While there, we had a booth, hosted a panel, spoke, and attended sessions. It's very easy to get overwhelmed when attending a tech conference. There's a lot going on with all the talks, sponsors, and socializing. And it can become difficult to maximize your time and attention. We are going to go over some of the things that you can do to help get the most out of your conference attendance. And then towards the end of the episode, we have a few interviews that we did with conference attendees, speakers, and volunteers to hear what they were doing and how they were getting the most out of Music City Tech. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? I have been fighting a wee bit of introvert hangover. <laughs> I don't know of another way to put it. Um, That's a good term. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, we uh, before Music City Tech, uh, we went to a friend of mine's funeral friend of ours funeral, uh, close friend from college, just sudden accident. And, you know, we never really got a lot of time for grief because, you know, as soon as I got back from that, basically it was, it was time to clean up and get ready for the week. And then had two days of scrambling around at work, trying to get ahead, trying to make sure everything was where it needed to be before I left and making sure all the stuff was ready for music city tech. Then we did music city tech. And then I got back and, you know, Sunday was basically getting ready for the next week and, you know, you're doing various things around the house. And, um, you know, this week has been pretty crazy. My wife and my daughter are out of town for a week. They're going on vacation with my in-laws. And yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm a little bit done with people right now. I, <laughs> you know, I've just been sitting in the house. Like I don't even have to do anything. Just like not being around people, but it's, I'm not completely recovered. I understand. It's funny. I was talking to um, the other friend that went with us to the funeral, JR. I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I was like, that hit Will harder than he thought. And he's like, well, it hit us all hard. I'm like, yeah, it did. You're right. It, it hit us all very hard. But yeah. you you went into the conference expecting it to be like last year where you were outgoing and talkative and just like, yeah. you were saying, hey, I don't have to go to sessions. I can stay at the booth and just and be interactive with people. Yeah. And we could all tell you were just not. I was not on my A game. And well, the other thing too is this year we got a lot better spot. We did. And as a result, I was on my feet mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, you know, and it was in an area that was getting a lot of foot traffic. And so that, that probably affected me a little bit too. I never did really get any downtime. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I've just yeah. been really tired. I really liked our location because. Oh yeah, it was great. And our booth was, looked awesome. It did. Uh, it, it was, the location was wonderful. Because we weren't down with the main sponsor booths, and that was like a thoroughfare, so people weren't standing around talking as much. Yeah, they were forced to go through there. Yeah, but where we were, it was up near about three or four of the classrooms, and there's a big open area where people just sort of stand around and talk. Yeah. And so we were able to get away from the booth and just go up and talk to people. I know several times we had three or four people just standing around in a circle talking. Yeah. Uh, 
it, like two or three of these groups talking at the booth. So. Yeah, and that was nice. And my wife brought in cookies. Yeah, that was good. And they were like crazy rich chocolate chip cookies. I didn't have any yeah. because of the, uh, the diet. Well, I, yeah. I ate two for lunch one day. Because um, <laughs> that was the other thing. is I didn't, I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't get enough to eat. I didn't yeah. get enough downtime. And yeah, it, I didn't recover. But yeah, I, I remember going around to all the other booths in that upper section and just going up to people going, hey, you know, they're like sponsors and going... Hey, uh, so my team doesn't all need to get diabetes this week. Can y'all eat some of these cookies? And they were happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah, they were. The, that sort of uh, made us a very popular place. Yeah. So how about you? I've had ups and downs lately. Um, same as you. Music City Tech was very exciting. We hosted a panel in the largest room, the cinema. Uh, I had a really good time. Made a lot of new friends. And even climbed the climbing wall there at Vandy. Uh, there's pictures to prove that I made it to the top. Very good. Multiple times. <laughs> it's like a bear climbing a tree. Yep. Um, a sapling. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I picked up some bug at the conference, and I've been sick all week. I went to the doctor on Monday. I had to take the day off, and she prescribed me some antibiotics and decongestants. I'm feeling a bit better now, but like I said, I missed a day of work, and we weren't able to record last yeah. week so it's it was kind of nice that we were yeah <laughs> I'm, considering I'm glad. and i think we we did that last year where we planned to not record the monday after yeah we planned for the introvert hangover yeah and and it didn't need it and then this year we didn't exactly plan for it but we got it anyways because i was sick but uh speaking of conferences i've got a big one to talk about for iot's IoT Tech Expo North America is a two-day event held in Santa Clara, California this year with talks by major companies and producers in manufacturing, transportation, health, logistics, government, energy, automotive, and several other industries that I did not list out here. The conference tracks are designed for IT decision makers, developers, government officials, technology workers, investors, and even venture capitalists. It's Got a lot for a lot of different people. It provides an overview of where IoT stands now and where it is headed. Major companies sponsor the event and provide speakers, so the networking opportunities are strong. Uh, if you're looking for an IoT-related job or people in that industry, uh, check it out. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. Who's talking to us this week? Well, this isn't uh, as much of a comment as it is a shout-out to Aaron. Um, he came down to Nashville from Maryland after hearing about Music City Tech on here. And we had a chance to meet him and talk briefly, and he was featured as a um, an interviewee on the JDT podcast. Right. And Aaron came up to me after one of the sessions that I had attended and told me that he was inspired by my story of getting into tech because he got into it later in life as well as a second career for him. Um, honestly, I want to say thanks. That was a great motivator and Something that we'll keep for when we're down and not feeling like continuing. That happens from time to time where it's just like so much work. I just, I'm not sure this is even helping people. And then I hear stories like what Aaron told me and that really makes a difference and, and helps motivate me to keep going 
Yeah, and we kind of needed that this last week or so. Yeah, like that was that was great. I really appreciate um, Aaron you coming up to us and talking to us. Send us an email to neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com with your contact information because we've got a complete developer water bottle just for you. Guys, if you like your very own complete developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all our episodes to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Google+. We're also on Instagram, Path, and Tumblr. Check us out each week where we do a live session talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Or you can join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Now, I do want to say I am ordering new water bottles to be sent out. Um, we're a little bit behind on sending them out because we were waiting until after the conference to order them. So those should be coming out in the next week or two. Attending conferences can be expensive, especially if you're paying out of pocket. They can range from a few hundred to a few thousand dollars in the USA. Um, not everybody has got a you know podcast or a job that pays for these things. So it's something to consider. This is why you want to make sure that you get the most out of the conferences that you attend. Right. And the first part of this episode came out of the tricks of the trade that I was able to do at Music City Tech for our panel. <laughs> that we then subsequently lost. <laughs> yeah. the uh, We had some technical difficulties at the beginning and it turned out they did not get the audio. So we are in the process of talking with our panelists and working out a time for all of us to get together and record that again. So we're going to be talking about some of the ways that you can get the most out of attending a tech conference. And the first one is planning. And this is usually done before the conference or right at the very beginning of it. Look through the sessions and decide which ones you want to attend. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, but you know, like we noticed this at the booth. There's a lot of people that they don't go in with a with a game plan for what they're going to attend, and so they come out of a session, they've got 10 minutes before the next one, and they have no idea where they're going. That's one of the reasons that Music City Tech uh, changed its schedule last year to give 20 minutes between sessions. Yeah. So um, that people had one, we were going between buildings. I guess I just got in long-winded sessions then because <laughs> it seemed like they went over. I guess I guess the speakers knew. Yeah, may, maybe so. Um, yeah. I, did you ever go to any back-to-back sessions? Because I think you went to a session and then came back to the booth. Yeah, I guess that's the deal. But, uh, you know, I was seeing people, you know, scrambling. But I did go to the back-to-back uh, workshops. Well, that's different. But yeah. those were those were a little bit further apart. Yeah, yeah, because um, there was lunch in the middle. But I did see a lot of that happening, mm-hmm. um, where people were very, very rushed. You know, and that's why we left the schedule out at the booth, right? That, you know, that was the idea. We found that out last year, leaving the schedule out. People kept coming by and asking if we knew where this session was or what was going on at this time, and so we just put a schedule on the booth. And people were able to come by and look at it. One, they stopped by to look at that. And they were like, hey, these guys are are great. They're well prepared. Then it also gave us a chance to talk to them for a minute or two before they went off to their thing. Or they would say, hey, do you know where this classroom is? Because they'd find the one they wanted. And then we could point them in the right direction. Yeah. So um, you know, the speakers and sessions will be announced before the conference starts. Generally speaking, most conferences do this several weeks in advance. Yeah. Um, some of them are a little uh, more dicey as far as that goes. Well, a lot of uh, sometimes speakers cancel and yeah. things change. Um, what you want to do is pick the ones that you're interested in attending. Yeah. And, and go ahead and circle them. 
yeah. on the schedule so that you don't like well, scramble around and try to find it if you printed it out. Yeah, if you print it out, I was gonna say because like you, you may not have a a printed schedule yeah. at that point. Some services that conferences use will let you select them. I don't know if you noticed, but with Music City Tech, if you had selected talks that you were going to go to, the back of your oh you didn't have a um, a printed badge, but on the back of your badge. It had a list of all the session times. I didn't select any because I didn't know what I'd be able to go to with the booth and the speaking, but I saw people that did, and it had the session name and the location on that time. Yeah, that's very... They they did a lot better with the site this year. I was really oh, yeah. pleased with what they did. They've they've been growing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome to watch where they were three years ago when we first started attending to where they are now. Yeah. I mean, it's a real conference yeah. <laughs> now for sure. And the, the other thing is there may be more than one session that you want to attend at the same time. With this, you can look at the conference as a whole and see if there are other sessions on similar topics. For example... Microservices. Yeah, that was <laughs> a one. huge topic. There were three or four talks on microservices. And the panel. Yeah, plus our panel. On yeah. It. So, yeah, it, it was a lot... Of that going on. So if you had a microservice talk that you wanted to go to and another one, you could go to the other one and then hit a different microservice talk. Right. Same with, I think, uh, neural networking. I saw a couple of talks on that. Yeah. Different times. And then there were, I think there were several on like basic node type stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was real, it was pretty heavy on the JavaScript this time. I was surprised by that. That's the one thing that everybody has to deal with. Yeah. Um, And it's getting to where it's not horrible. So people are starting to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get to the conference, check the schedule that they have printed off because there may have been last minute changes. Right. Because there's speakers that you know may not have been able to make it or suddenly could make it. Yeah. You know, they'll shuffle things around you know, a lot. I, I know a few speakers that go to conferences, even if they don't have a talk there um, that are local because they may get put into a spot. Yeah. And that's probably something we should start doing. Mm-hmm. Greg Beamer. Yeah. He's a local guy here that uh, we've met at a couple of conferences and he picked up an extra talk because he just had some, some talks and they had someone not show up. So he was there available to fill that slot. I know because I forget who it was, but someone came up to me and like, I think the schedule is wrong that I went to go see this talk and it was about this other thing. I was like, oh, that speaker probably didn't show up. Um, or they could have had family things. There's a lot of things that could come up. Well, you're flying all the way across the country. I mean, yeah. I remember you know the guys talking um, as Scott Hanselman was trying to come in, and he just his flight like everything went wrong. Apparently, yeah. you know, trying to get there. And, he know, was what, the, what can uh, you do? He was he, the keynote. Yeah, he he was the keynote, and he was going to be speaking the night before at the .NET user group, and it was the the .NET user group guys that said, hey, he just he couldn't make it in because we ran into them at the speaker dinner. Okay, yeah, that's right. Because I was for some reason I was thinking that they were that you know that that he had missed some of the speaking that he was supposed to do at the conference. But mm-hmm. that actually makes more sense that it was the user group. Yeah. It was a user group and they were they were the ones that were going to pick him up when he got in uh later. So but then they ended up doing a, a lunch with him. I got to go uh, sat right beside him, and it's the day I ate two cookies for lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we sat there and geeked out about um, TV shows, specifically superhero TV shows, like how we've got all sorts of really great comic book shows now. So that was that was cool. Next, under planning, don't try to do everything and meet 
everyone. FOMO, or fear of missing out, can cause you to burn out early. You know, I had this a lot when I was younger, high school, college days. Yeah. Uh, Partly, I think, because I was not invited to things and picked on a lot in elementary school and junior high. So that when I got to high school and actually made friends, I switched schools, made a lot of new friends, was getting invited to things I didn't ever want to miss out. You remember the way I was in college. I was constantly on the go because I didn't want to miss anything. And I mean, I think that's kind of a personality trait. Well, that's because I know how much I can do. And I am an outgoing extrovert. So yeah, I, I get my energy from being social. Yeah. And you like to redline on it, too. I mean, just, like, just like, okay, let's go to 99% of what I can take, you know? Conferences may be short-term, but if you try to do everything the first day, you will be too tired to do much of anything and the I, second or third. Yeah, and I think that got me a little bit, too, because I went to the workshops the first day. I went to David Neal's uh, Electron Workshop. And I've actually been playing around with Electron since then uh, quite a bit. And then I went to Stephen Hicks's um, test-driven JavaScript. And like those two back-to-back, because you're working on a platform you're not familiar with, working with an IDE you're not familiar with, yeah, working on a laptop screen instead of a desktop with four monitors. Like I got to the end of that second one and I was fried. <laughs> there was just mm-hmm. nothing left. And we went to the speaker dinner and I just didn't, there wasn't anything in the tank. I think the week before last year, you had had sort of a lighter load at work and yeah. you had prepared to be more outgoing because you had asked me to push you to be more outgoing. Yeah, I know. And I so you had, you had made all these preparations. Also, uh, last year, we did a lot more planning up front for the booth and stuff like that. It felt sort of rushed this year. Yeah, it really did. And I don't, I don't know what caused that. So... Pace yourself. You may not get to everything, but you will get higher quality experiences if you don't rush and try to fit all the experiences in. Right. So we were manning a booth with four of us. And before I came up with the schedule, I asked you guys, hey, what sessions do you want to attend? And everybody gave me about two per day. And I tried to accommodate those. There's only one time where I had three people wanting to go to a session at the same time. And I think y'all all three wanted to go to the same session. Um, and that was the same time you had lunch. <laughs> so that's why I was at the booth eating cookies for lunch. Yeah. Next, before the conference starts, learn about the speakers and the session topics. Look up and get familiar with them. This will help you learn more about the speaker and what they're going to talk about so that you can better determine which speakers are going to speak the most to you. I know you mentioned that you wanted to go to David Neal stuff because you speak sort of a similar language. Yeah, he's one of my mentors. Yeah. Uh, but this can also help you find leaders in the community to follow or mentors. Right. Follow the speakers and the conference on social media. You get a lot of important information about sessions or parties or you know just groups of people going to do stuff. Things may be missed on the printed material. Uh, we made a friend, Sarah Sexton, who's a Microsoft tech yep. evangelist who did a really awesome workshop that we didn't get to go to because we didn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny is uh, we met her and then like started following her on Twitter. Had we been checking Twitter and social media, we would have known that some of the workshops didn't get into the schedule and would have been able to go to it. Yeah. So once you're at the conference, pay attention and take notes. 
You want to be an active listener. We have an entire episode on how to be an active listener. But some key things here are turn off notifications for email and other messaging services. Yeah, definitely. Um, and either repeat what you heard through questions or write it down or you know, just take notes yeah. somehow. You know, taking notes with either pen and paper or on your computer can help. Pen and paper provides sort of a better muscle memory for the talk. So I remember things better if I write them down by hand. I do too. But um, what I did this year was actually taking notes in comments mm. in code because it's right there with what I was doing. Yeah. It will, you went to mostly workshops. So that makes right. sense. If you go to talks or sessions, you may not have, you're not coding along with them. Right. So if you have your computer out, you can take notes on there. I usually use um, VS Code. Before that, I used Notepad. But this allows for easier sharing and referencing of your notes. So you can go back and look things up in them easier. Uh, one way to do this is to create an outline of the presentation. This is sort of rephrasing what you've learned in a way that expresses your understanding. Uh, if you're confused, you can always ask what was said to help understand better. I know in the Alexa workshop, there's a couple of times where I was doing one thing and he was talking about the next step and I had to ask him to repeat it. And I wasn't the only one, you know, just because it was trying to get everything into that four hour session on. Yeah. On it. Uh, he had to keep going, but he was really great about, all right. Yeah. You do this or have you, have you done this yet? And it was always like one little step that I just missed him say. Uh, and, so that was that's why you you ask those questions, and finally provide feedback for the presenters. Yeah, you should ask questions during the presentation if it's appropriate, and also you know they give out like little uh, post session surveys mm -hmm. to help the conference become better and to evaluate the speakers and that kind of stuff. You know, it it's really one sided when you're up there as a speaker and you don't get any feedback, like you don't know how to make your talk better mm -hmm. or what the questions are. So the nice thing about this is they are going to be sending those out to all the speakers. Um, I got an email that the average was around 4.2 or 4.3. You know, as a whole, speakers did pretty good. I haven't gotten my specific ones or the one for the podcast session. But when I do, we'll, we're going to go over it and talk about it and see. All right. What do people say? How could we improve? I, I bet if we get dinged, it's going to be for the technical difficulties there at the beginning. Yeah, I think so too. Um, also, after the session, talk to the speaker and ask questions that may not have been covered in the talk. Yeah, I did that to David Neal. Yeah. After the Electron one, big time. So another big thing about conferences beyond the talks and the workshops are the socializing and networking aspects. You want to use your time at the conference to make contacts in the larger tech community. You may meet future mentors, coworkers, or even bosses at a conference. Or former ones. Yeah. Like you haven't seen them in 10 years. And you know, I ran into a couple at, at this conference that I hadn't seen in 10 years, 8, 10 years at least. Local groups and schools usually have a large presence at conferences. We made contacts with Nashville Software School. Last year. Last year. That was just a year ago. Do you realize that? I know. But we, we made those contacts last year and... This year, they had a booth in a different area than ours. And as I was walking by on Saturday, John was there, one of the owners. And he like, he waves at me and like, tells me to come over just because he wanted to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't catch him. I guess I was, I was probably stuck upstairs at that you point. You were. That was, that was Saturday. So you were, 
you had a session you wanted to go to, and then you were at the booth most of the time. Yeah. It's also good to have friends in the tech community outside of your local group. That's one of the things that we didn't go to the conference with the express intention of doing, but it was a side effect where we made friends in the larger tech community in areas that never would have thought we'd make friends. Yeah. It's awesome. I I think that's, that's really great. Uh, Just like with the, in the sessions and stuff, stay off your phone between sessions and during meals. Yeah. That was one thing I, I didn't see a ton of it, but I did see a little bit of people just like whole tables of people that all were on their phone. And it's like, guys, you're paying how much for a conference? Yeah. it, It sort of depends because if it was, all right, we're exchanging numbers or like when we met Sarah, and we all right. exchanged Twitter handles. Right. That everybody was standing there on their phones connecting to Twitter. Right. Uh, and so like that, that makes sense, but use it briefly, like make the connection, follow each other and then move on. Right. I mean that, yeah. You, uh, and I also get that people sometimes um, get hit from work mm-hmm. and you've got to go deal with something. I had, I had three or four emails that I had to sort out. Yeah. That, that but, happens. Yeah. And so, you know, just be cognizant of it and don't be constantly on your phone. Be on there as long as you need to be. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen will tell you a story about uh, at MicroConf. The first time we went there, um, there was a there was a, a meeting, like a lunch meetup. And this, you know, this woman came with her husband. Her husband's talking, you know, talking to everybody. She's sitting there just playing a game the entire way through the lunch. Like, I guarantee if Kathleen sees this woman now, three years later, she's still going to think of her as being rude. (laughs) Yeah, I totally, totally get that. Going up to people, especially if you're introverted, may not be comfortable, but you can start by checking out the vendor booths. They're there to meet people and like they're going to come up and talk to you and be friendly. And it sort of eases that transition to getting used to talking to people and kind of gets that ball rolling. Yeah. Because they'll they'll engage you, and then once you're engaged, you can then engage other people. That's kind of part of my strategy when I get there is to yeah. talk to the other vendors or the other sponsors first, mm-hmm. uh, specifically for that. Because once I do get going, I I don't have as much reluctance to talk to people. Whereas just right. going up to a random crowd is tricky what I enjoy it. doing, but it's yeah, not well, for everyone. Well, and I mean, I do the same thing before I speak. I right. talk to a few of the students. I get there a little bit early, yeah, and it just that works for me. The other thing is talk to people in the same sessions, um, or you can attend open spaces. Some conferences have these where you just sit and discuss a topic. Uh, these are great ways to meet people. And if you get to talking to someone about a topic that you're, you just heard about, or you're in an open session and discussing it, then later you can go to the party, the pre-party, the after-party, the attendee party, whatever they have. And you've already met a few people. So that sort of eases you into the socializing aspect. And finally, make friends so you can share your experiences from different sessions. This is what my tricks of the trade was about. Specifically, I was talking about one of the friends we made at the conference who said she was torn because she wanted to come to my talk on Scrum and she wanted to go to another talk on game development. And when I looked at the other talk, I said, Go to that one because I want to go to it, but I can't because I'm giving a talk. Yeah. So go and take notes and take notes. Oh my goodness. Her notes are phenomenal. Yeah. She, she took really great notes and then she made references to blog posts that she has about the same topics. So like I, I've got this really great email of 
like better notes than I would have taken had I gone to the session. And I'm like, I take really good notes. So that's, that's saying something. You know, like we said earlier, you may not be able to go to all the sessions you want, uh, especially if they're at multiple times. Split them among friends and then compare your notes in the evening or after the conference. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to get together and talk about the session because she had to fly out right after. But she sent me that email with her notes and I'm like, this is phenomenal. Yeah, that's very helpful. Uh, the next thing is you need to follow up after the conference. Like, don't uh, go and meet all these people and then don't see them till next year. Like yeah. You should continue the conversations. Like That's the point of networking is you want to keep that uh, connection still mm-hmm. open. Yeah, um, you want to keep in touch with the people you meet. Email new friends and contacts after the conference. I met some people that are working at another department in the state and was able to actually schedule some lunches with them because we all work downtown. And when I'm going to be in, we're going to get together and hang out and compare notes and talk about what we're doing at our different departments and how we are, you know, how we can work together Yeah, to do things. Um, you know, the recruiters and other booths are going to contact you. So you might as well. Keep yeah. In don't touch even with, worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well keep in touch with the, the people that you want to keep in touch with. Um, also review your notes, ask yourself how to apply what you've learned. Yeah. I'm, Actually, I went back over some of the Electron app stuff with my daughter watching. And so, like, we made a little, you know, made a little app and I kind of walked her through all that stuff. She knows what a Lambda function is now. That's awesome. So, um, you know, that that was new and different. But, you know, just like going back and reviewing that stuff, like, you know, you did pay for a conference and you do want this information to stick. So, you need to take effort to make that happen. Yeah, you, you like you did use your notes to create something useful or even do like a proof of concept. Yeah, I was going to say, work. I wouldn't call what I, we did useful. <laughs> <laughs> but you created something. Yeah. And it helped you learn. So it was useful in that aspect. Or you could put together a lunch and learn. I did this last year uh, because they let me go to the conference as as training. So I didn't have to take time off. That's why I had to go to so many sessions. Right. Uh, and then I put together a couple of talks that I gave at work on the different things that I learned, which was really awesome. Uh, finally, start planning for next year or for your next conference. Keep in touch with speakers, especially on the topics you're interested in learning more about or plan to speak yourself. Yeah. Uh, even if you may not be ready to do a, a very technical talk, some conferences have those open sessions where they have people come in that just sort of facilitate them. And so you could come in with a couple of notes and talking points to facilitate an open session where you don't have to have a full speech or a full talk, just a few points to get the conversation rolling and then let the people there yeah. have the talk for you. It's really awesome if you haven't attended one of those. So that's a few things about how to get the most out of conferences. While at Music City Tech, we had the opportunity to speak with a few different people, including attendees, speakers, volunteers, and other local leaders. So you can listen as we talk to them about their experience at the conference. I had a standard set that I used that was from a previous conference, um, which is basically, you know, we realized talking to a friend of ours um, that these are the same questions you would ask a prowler. So it's like, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? What do you hope to leave with? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So listen to those and uh, and enjoy what people had to say at the conference. All right. Hey guys. So I am here with Isabel Ramos, 
and she is a somewhat recent graduate of Nashville Software School and a product designer. So what do you think of the conference, Music City Tech, so far? Oh, I think it's awesome. It's the, so far the workshops that I've done have been like on the agile part of it just because there's less talks for UX UI and which is obviously ex expected uh, this is music city code yeah <laughs> but um, yeah sometimes I'll be like I I don't know what my place is here necessarily but yesterday there were great workshops there was the design thinking um, and product visibility I believe the title was and then I did the Kanban agile workshop and those were really awesome oh that's really cool um i did a workshop yesterday morning so i i really enjoyed that too so what what did you study at nashville software school i did um full stack so i did front end and then c sharp net back end okay and that was part-time so i was there for a year i was in cohort evening five so yeah, there was zero focus on UX UI. Mm. It was just like, just make it look pretty. Um, <laughs> so that was the extent of that. Uh, but I am a graphic designer by trade. I got my bachelor's in fine arts in graphic design. And so I was able to bring those design skills to the table. And so whenever it was like designy, I was like, yes, a chance to like show my design skills because this is what I know how to do. And um, yeah, when I was doing my bachelor's, all I knew was like very, very basic HTML, CSS, like no JavaScript, like nothing that like I learned at NSS. So it was like a, it was a rude awakening for what uh, software development really was. And I had always like regretted not doing it more in college. Cause then after when I graduated, I, I worked more in print and I did like, I worked a year as a screen printer. I did, I worked at a sign company previously to this position now. Um, so, yeah, coming out of NSS, I was able to merge those two skills, which is what I was looking to do. Yeah. Um, so I was really, I was pretty happy about that. That's cool. So what do you do as a product designer? Like, how does that, what does your job entail, and how does that relate to code? So, right now, I am the only designer at um, N-Contracts, and although I am a junior, I, I think it's really helped that I had those design skills prior, um, because it requires a lot of prototyping and knowing how to um, design UIs for web applications, and so the the other part of it is, is the UX, the user experience, and that's the research part, and uh, talking to our customers about what they need, and working with, doing like a whole discovery of interviews with like internal people what are the what are they hearing that there are customers need that we can improve and design based on that feedback that is so awesome and the reason i say that is because so many of us developers don't like that kind of interaction with the the customer or the the product side or business side so having someone that knows the code and understands kind of like what's possible and what isn't but also enjoys that interaction is amazing um, I know where I work we have 
a product owner and she is a does a great job she really does her best to understand what we do but doesn't have a background in coding so the the whole concept of having that background in coding and being able to use that to do the things that developers don't like to do is awesome yeah I'm honestly it's really helped me have a that development skill set just uh -huh. to know oh I, I understand you know to I mean then again I am a junior and I I was a junior coming out of NSS um, so very new to tech but at least I have that foundation like a really solid foundation for understanding what goes on and what is entailed yeah. in in all of the back like all of the stuff behind the screen uh -huh. what's going on in there and knowing like if I'm designing something I know that it needs to be mobile friendly and responsive how am I yeah. going to design that to not put like certain buttons in a certain spot where I know in mobile it's not going to fly okay, really yeah. super well that makes that makes perfect sense and that's so helpful for developers to have someone to already do that and that that makes our jobs a lot easier uh, so one final question um, what do you think for your personal experience could be improved about the conference this year more UX UI talks <laughs> that would be <laughs> the bomb because I feel like UX UI is such an important sect of the tech world and I feel like it's like a little bit you know on the on the back burner or can be where it's like yeah it's all of this is amazing and I always feel lost I'm like I know a little bit of CHR but like I couldn't go into a talk and like understand fully what's going on um, because I just don't do that on a daily basis yeah so what I would want is more product-driven, like, design thinking talks. And I think the workshop that happened yesterday was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I would just want more of that incorporated into Music City Code because UX UI is very prominent. And it's just, it's, a, it's all the work that happens before development starts. So it's, all of that work needs to be done at some point. So yeah. it's... I think it's important not just for designers and product donors or product managers to understand, but it's important for developers to understand that too. Cool, thanks. Have you thought about doing any talks? Have I thought about doing mm -hmm. uh, No. <laughs> I love that response. <laughs> All right, well that, that is perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, so I am here with Eric Potter. He is a software architect and a speaker here at Music City Tech. So Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what is it that you do? Well, like you said, I'm a software architect for Aptera Software in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, we do a lot of work down here in the Nashville area, so uh, I love being a part of the community down here. It's a really vibrant community, uh, a lot of really engaging uh, user groups, and so always love being down this part of the world. That's awesome. So you've been down to Music City Tech before. Music City Code is what it was in the past. So Yeah, I actually got to participate in a panel on the original Music City Code, which was a lot of fun talking about the future of web development and 
you know, was really got hooked that first year, had a lot of um, really good and healthy interactions, learned a lot about the development community, and really broadened my horizons, and then have tried to come back every year. I've, I was not here last year, but um, it's, I've definitely benefited from it professionally. That's funny. Last year, we recorded a panel on the future of web development here at the conference. <laughs> It's one of those topics that's kind of evergreen. For a lot of us, that's why we come to these conferences. Is It's not so much, what do I need to know today? It's, what am I going to need to be a developer that provides value six months from now, a year from now? Our landscape is ever-changing. You've got to stay on top of this stuff. There's actually a session going on right now about how is it that you stay on top of technology. And that's one of the things I really like about being at events like this. Because a lot of it is I need to know what I you know, stuff that I need to know right now, but I can come here and see what's the thing that I need to know next? What what framework is on the way up? What tool chain do I really need to be looking at? What tools are gonna help me out next year? Yeah, I know one of the things I really enjoy about conferences is learning the new stuff or what just came out or is on the horizon and then taking that back to work and showing my coworkers, hey, check out this really cool thing I learned. So that's, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's always surprising how many times you see a technology and you're not sure where you'd use it. And then within two months, you're like, oh, that's the perfect solution for this problem. And so sometimes you kind of have to learn about stuff before you know that you need it. That's very true. That's a good, good point. So you're a speaker here. What are you speaking on? I'm talking about pattern matching in C Sharp 7. Pattern matching is a new feature to C Sharp, but it's a very old language feature overall. It's been in F Sharp since the beginning of F Sharp, and it's been in a lot of other f functional languages for much longer than that. And so I think it's a really healthy thing to talk with other developers about how they can use this feature, not just from a syntax standpoint, but from a process standpoint and from a, a standpoint of how their code can be uh, shorter and more testable um, and just generally cleaner using pattern matching. And so we'll look at a lot of examples in C Sharp. We'll look at some real world examples from some very public GitHub repositories. And then also look at how other languages use pattern matching and try and bring some of those insights back to C Sharp. So for some of our more junior developers, what do you mean when you say pattern matching? All right, so pattern matching is a language construct that is kind of like a switch statement and an assignment statement and a type check all rolled into one. So you can match on a variable and you can either match on its uh, its value, its type, or something else about its state, and then you're assigning something based on those. So it's in C sharp, it looks a lot like a switch statement on steroids. But uh, if you're a C sharp developer, it can also do a lot of things that right now you might be doing with casting. And so there's some really interesting language constructs that come together, and when you use it appropriately, it really can shrink down your code base. Awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing your talk if I'm able to, to get over there to it. Uh, we're we're kind of relegated to the booth when uh, when others are out. So yeah, but you've got a great location here. You kind of get to see everybody walk by. This is cool. Yeah, I'm, I really like it because we're not overcrowded, but it's it's nice. And so, well, hey, thanks for for coming on and telling us about what you're talking about. Um, one last question. 
What do you like this year that is different from previous years? I really like the emphasis on having a code track, an agile track, and a data track. I think that makes it really valuable to teams. You know, a, a development team could come and, you know, your product owner and uh, your scrum master could be getting value out of the agile track. The developers could be here. The DBA or your big data specialist could be over at the, the data bits. And so it's a really nice way to get value across the whole team. I agree. I, I like that too. Well, hey, thanks so much for, for jumping on and talking to us for a few minutes. Hey, anytime. All right. We're talking to Eric Anderson and Carl Kinghorn. So, uh... Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Uh, so I'm Carl Kinghorn. Uh, so I'm uh, the Vice President of Software Development at uh, EFC Systems. We do a ERP solution for agribusiness. Uh, but I know we were talking about a little bit, uh, you know, how we're involved in the community. And, uh, you know, so Eric and myself, Eric will introduce himself in just a second. But we uh, are running the .NET user group here in Nashville this year, which has been very exciting. And we'll talk more about that here in a second. Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. I'm a technical lead at EFC Systems, also co-president of the .NET user group this year. Well, cool. So you guys are in the, the .NET user group here. Um, yes, sir. What other involvement do you have in the community? Are you doing other uh, so things? This was probably my biggest step into getting involved in the community. I mean, I've, I've attended several user groups in the past and, and come out to uh, Music City Code back when it was just that before Music City Tech, which is exciting. Um, you know, I, I definitely like to network, but, uh, you know, I guess when we stepped up this year to try to help out, it was interesting for me, just, just as I've experienced people in the Nashville area that are just so passionate about tech, it, it's been a very rewarding experience. I mean, that's kind of my story getting into this. So the .NET user group is where I first got involved in the community. Past that, I've expanded the Geek Social is another great way to com connect to just people who are interested in tech and geekery in general. Um, I've also done some speaking at NSS, which is a great place to connect to some people who are really passionate about development. Yeah, that's one place I like to speak as well, so it's, it's fun. Uh, what related hobbies do you have? Um, I, I pretty much nerd out when it comes to programming. Uh, you know, that's kind of my hobby since I don't get to program professionally so much anymore. Um, but uh, I, I'm also an avid uh, PC gamer. And then uh, uh, really, that, that's probably my, my big uh, other hobbies. I like to tinker with things. I guess I mess with Arduinos and stuff like that. But I kind of put that in the yeah. category of, of programming, if you know. So I've got a six-year-old, so he is, takes up the majority of my time. But I also enjoy photography, and I do some development on the side, too and I've got a blog, so those are my main hobbies. Very cool. Uh, what most interests you about Music City Tech this year? That, that's a really good question. I, uh, I have liked so many of the sessions. Uh, I'm really interested in experiencing some of the data that's been added on this year. I haven't done any of those yet. I think they were just this Saturday, I believe. And I think after lunch, possibly going to that Cosmo DB one, um, I think that's one of the exciting additions. But, but just being here with the community, getting to uh, kind of communicate with people and then uh, uh, just learn something, you know. So kind of like Carl, the connections with people that we make at conferences like this are awesome. Um, the other thing I love about these type of conferences is just getting awareness of technology that I may not get to use daily, but just knowing what's available is immensely valuable to me. So uh, any particular talks that you want to attend or that you actually got to attend that really stood out? So uh, I guess I guess one of the favorite ones that I went to, or maybe I'll say the two that kind of kind of closed the day for me yesterday were about uh, microservices and serverless. Uh, I think that was um, Jeremy Lickness, and then um, then I went to one on neural networks, and that was by um, 
uh, Chase Aucoin. Uh, those were both really good. Kind of finished my day with thinking about other ways, other paradigms of things that, that uh, could be utilized even in our business uh, that you know I really just hadn't had exposure to before. So I primarily do desktop applications, so I'm taking advantage of a lot of web stuff just to kind of broaden my horizons. Yeah, very cool. So uh, did you uh, did you attend the kickoff and the after party? Uh, yes, I mean when you say the kickoff, do you mean the uh, the keynote? Yeah, what have you? yeah, the keynote was amazing. I mean Scott Hansman, of course, always a good speaker, always a good person to listen to. Uh, I, I actually didn't know that much about diabetes, which was interesting that he was speaking about and how little I guess information they could have about themselves and how a community has come together to hack this. Um, I mean this artificial pancreas that he was talking about. You know, I mean it's it's pretty impressive. Um, the after party, of course, I mean just like last year, it was a good time. It's good good experience to continue those connections that we were talking about earlier just having a, a social way to uh, engage with your peers you know not so much oh hey we're here professionally or we're, we're just attending a talk sitting next to each other um, it was nice to, to talk to a lot of people especially people that we only see once or twice a year did you overeat like I did did I overeat um, I definitely hit both tables up uh, <laughs> <laughs> for various things uh, because I went to the the first table of food and then they were like oh but they've got this over there and I was like oh well I've already taken all this I guess I gotta eat it you know um, like Carl said Scott's keynote was very inspiring that there are large problems out there and if we apply our skills we can actually make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives and as always the after party is a blast and the amount of activities that they have available with this thing is just far beyond what I've seen in any other conference. It's amazing. Yeah, and I got to ask you the same thing. Did you overeat at the after party? Oh, I absolutely did. Okay. Yeah, multiple times. Then I don't feel so bad because, yeah, I destroyed some chicken tenders over there, man. It was <laughs> it was not healthy at all the way I did that. Let's see. Are you just attending the conference are you doing speaking or uh we're just attending i mean I, you know i'm i mean we're both just attending this year um you know i i've we've done some little things uh but i've not i've not had a full speaking engagement yet I, i'm interested in it i mean it's one of those things that uh it feels like there's some aspect of you got to get a little brave about it you've got to get over that imposter syndrome to feel like you can you can speak in front of a crowd especially of your peers you know that yeah. are going do you know this technology better than I do? And I'm trying to, you know, t teach you about something. So, yeah, it's it's something that uh, I'm definitely interested in in the future. But I'm not so much a speaker, so I try to find people I can encourage to speak because I think it's really important. I've uh, been there, done that. <laughs> um, so, what do you plan to do next year? You know, uh, come back to Music City Tech. Absolutely. Well, I mean, between, between, <laughs> between this one and the next one. <laughs> well, uh, you know, obviously we're going to finish out this year, 2018, uh, you know, helping out with the .NET user group here in Nashville. Um, depending, I, I know it was pretty light on volunteers to, to do that role uh, last year. Uh, you know, I might continue it uh, going forward. It's been a, a rewarding experience, um, you know, continuing on, uh, you know, I guess doing what I do every day other than that, you know. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do this year at, at the .NET user group is uh, pick up a charity project. So um, over the next six months, we're really going to be pressing forward on that, getting more details and trying to get the community involved in helping try to, you know, help. That's really charity. cool. Uh, there used to be a thing uh, called Give Camp that they had a, you know, they had a conference. It wasn't really a conference, but they, they kind of did that at the uh, Goodwill building and you could go and write code for charities. So I'm glad to see that coming back in because it disappeared. How is this year different from previous Music City Techs other than it used to be Music City Code? 
Sure. Um, I mean, that's probably the most obvious one. Uh, just a little bit more breadth of topics that you can uh, attend and get into, especially if you take advantage of um, you know, that kind of all access, uh, go experience some agile, experience some code, experience some data. Um, I'd say that the, um, I mean, it just looks like it's becoming more and more of a well-oiled machine. Um, everything just runs smoothly. I think I, I don't yeah. want to discredit previous years and say it didn't run smoothly, but it just is running more and more smoothly every year that I've seen it go. I would agree with that. And I think they do a great job of evolving the topics year to year to match where the industry is going. So it's a great place to stay up to date with current trends in the industry. Uh, I guess that's pretty much all the questions. Awesome. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, I am here with Heather Thacker. She is attending the Music City Data, and this is the first year for Music City Data, so that's kind of exciting. Um, it's a very, very new conference that is part of Music City Tech. So before we get into that, Heather, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do for a living? I am an ETL developer for HCA through Parallon. ETL, tell us a little bit about that. It is an acronym that stands for Extract, Transfer, and Load Data. Oh, <laughs> so you are a data person? Yes, I love data. Nice. What most interests you about Music City Tech or Music City Data this year? Good question. I think it's always the same thing about conferences that I really keep coming back for, hearing people's take on a concept that I know little or nothing about and then returning to those notes down the road after things have sunk in and I'm no longer in shock <laughs> yeah <laughs> from staring at screens all day every day um, and then kind of seeing where that fits in with what I'm doing at work and reflecting on like notes that I have forgotten about mm -hmm. from presentations how do you take your notes? Because like I noticed some people take them on uh, pen and paper, like old school. Some people have their laptops out. What do, you, what do you prefer when taking notes at a conference? I like using um, graph paper notebooks from my biology lab days. And <laughs> um, I do a lot of bullet points and arrows. And I like to draw flowers and trees. Um, and usually just like write very descriptive, factual, or like I'll do arrows and shapes it's usually bullet points i do the same thing um sometimes at a conference i'll if i've got my laptop i'll i'll type on it but uh for just like my daily note taking at work and stuff i have a graph paper notebook that i use that uh, is moleskin so everyone calls it my work bible because <laughs> like God black and looks looks like that yeah um so are there any particular talks that you want to or have already attended that you that really stood out to you? Um, I haven't spent much time looking at the schedule, but I saw a lot of no, like, NoSQL vibes and, and I really have a soft spot for SQL, so I might um, look into those. And then of course the like futuristic progressive topics like machine learning and you know the sexy data things that are trending right now there's those <laughs> topics yeah that, those, they look cool <laughs> they they do I, I looked at a few on the the data and um unfortunately the ones that i want to go to are at the same time as uh our panel discussions so i won't be able to make it but 
uh, I also hate that like there's like two talks at the same time that I want to go to. I know. I kind of just want to attend all of them. So I'm thinking mm -hmm. about like maybe catching like the middle 20 minutes of the talk that I most want to go to. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I've been, because I'm about to do my first like tech presentation, I've been studying the, uh, the way other people present okay. and kind of taking what I like from some presentations. Like at Functional Programming Meetup last month, one guy, he was like, oh, I put this together last night and it was like a canvas to create pixel art. And so the whole room was like, went to this Haruku um, site and we're like, just playing on mm -hmm. it while he was giving this talk and I picked up nothing about what he was talking about but I know there's a GitHub repo and <laughs> um, it was a really fun like thing to do on my laptop during a talk. So are you involved in the tech community here in Nashville? I am. Um, I went to Nashville Software School for a year part-time and also frequent a lot of the meetups. I'm actually speaking at NASJS in, no uh, not November, but in July, next month. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hang out with like the Complete Developers podcast meetups and um, yeah, um, functional you, programming. I'm yeah. getting into that lately. <laughs> functional is a lot of fun. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we... <laughs> We met Heather through, uh, I don't know if it was through something at NSS or through... Um, uh, bar camp? It was bar camp where we met you, and then you've come to a few of our meetups, uh, Developer Launchpad. So All right. so you mentioned that you're going to be talking at uh, NASJS. So what are you talking about? Well, right now it's officially titled uh, Binary and JavaScript, and I think I'm probably going to throw in some... Um, code some Scala because that's what that's the new fun thing that we're doing at work streaming data um, it has a Scala.js framework that goes with it that I have not played with yet and I kind of I'm just kind of assuming it's not great I don't know but I've been mulling over a lot of concepts of tying in philosophy psychology into the Nashville tech community as I kind of have experienced it as a woman and playing into um you know what it means to have binaries and sort of these relationships that we s go to that is that that are created of dichotomies of good bad code or zeros and ones or um life and death so it's yeah <laughs> no, I, I it's all that. over the place right now but i'm like um really excited yeah that's the process i've noticed when i'm writing a talk or even writing an outline for the podcast is at the beginning it's it's all over the place and i usually end up with doing the research on one topic getting three or four episodes out of it um and, and they may be completely unrelated but you may find that you get more than one talk out of building this because you'll, when you start taking these out there concepts and pulling them into a coherent thought process, you'll be like, these actually go together, but they don't fit the main narrative. And it's, it's really cool. It's, it, to me, it fascinates me the way my own mind works putting those together. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, putting like a puzzle of a presentation together and it's like, can I turn these circles into lines <laughs> Yeah, and put this blob together? I don't know. So, um, so do you have any plans on um, expanding and maybe trying to submit to speak at Music City Data or Music City Tech next year? 
definitely. I um, last minute tried to apply for this one, and it was very last minute thrown together. And honestly, I, I was relieved when I didn't get picked to talk. Um, so I think by next year, I will have um, more experience and probably better things to talk about. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, Heather, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me for a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of the conference. <laughs> thank you, BJ. I'm glad you saw me as I was like spilling coffee all over the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally like yelled down at her from the top of the stairs. I was stairs. like, is that God? <laughs> 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 okay, bye. <laughs> well, we want to thank everybody that talked to us and came up to the booth, especially the ones that joined us through interviews or joined the uh, Junior Developer Toolbox. They got a full episode of just talking to people. Uh, that was sort of their focus while they were at the conference was to get as many people on as they could. Yeah. Um, no matter what role, be it attendee, volunteer, speaker, or sponsor you have at the conference, there are things you can do to get the most out of attending technical conferences. We've talked about several tips and tricks that you can use to make your conference experience even better. That pretty much wraps us up. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, I just I want to point out that uh, you know most people at conferences are are pretty cool to talk to, so it's like you shouldn't feel any so social anxiety. But I will say that you will occasionally run across folks that you realize there's this person is not my jam, and that's okay. Right. Like you're not obligated to, to hang out with somebody. If, if you're not getting much out of that, you know, you can move on. I had a couple of conversations with people that I realized, you know, this isn't going anywhere and it's, it's completely fine. You just kind of extricate yourself, you know, when you get, when you get a minute and, and, and go on with life. Like don't feel obligated to stay in a, in a situation that does not provide you value. Um, you know, use your time well. Part of that means not using it poorly. And that pretty much is all I've got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.